Diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV, get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, suck no, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, I am Survivor Series code name Orange. You glad I didn't say papaya? And alongside for the ride is the man, also known as Survivor Series code name Mandy. Please give me a handy, JC. Thank you for being on the program. What the hell? What kind of intro is that? I'm just saying they gave random code names. It doesn't matter. Oh, that's true, bro. Yeah. So Bro-y. they did do that. Yeah. And we will talk about that at some point. But WrestleMania. We start in the shine. You mentioned her, Mandy Rose. We're not going to start there, but we're actually going to start on SmackDown. Oh, boy. Because the kickoff to that show, WrestleMania, it had a big fight, pay-per-view level feel. I actually watched this live. The boys wanted me to drop in the dance with them over there in Warzone. But I said, uh-uh, not till after Sasha Bailey, because I was pumped up for this rematch. This was another, I thought, fantastic match. It sucks on TV because you get the commercials, but their chemistry is undeniable. Their ability is undeniable. They had me when Bailey put hit the bank statement, and then belly to belly, I was like, "Oh my God, they're gonna do it again. Sasha's gonna lose her title again and not defend it." But ah, uh-uh, not today. She kicked out in WrestleMania for the first time ever. Sasha successfully defended a singles title and is still your SmackDown Women's Champion. Three segments. This was a long three segger. It was. It deserved it. It, it had a big fight feel. No, so here's here's the thing I will say. Again, great innovation, a lot of different things here, hard to live up to because, you know, it's one of those things where we talk about constantly that these guys have to continuously add something different to their game in order to everybody, you know, I've seen it before, I've seen it before because we're very harsh critics about that kind of stuff. Uh, I will say the one faux pas, at least for me, was watching this match. I was like, okay, cool, they're starting off really hot. The one thing I didn't like about this was that we have surpassed, in my opinion, the collar and elbow tie-up wrestling portion of this contest. And I was like, we're wrestling at the beginning of this thing? Like, Sasha's trying to do an arm drag from the top rope and all that stuff. I don't want the pretty shit. This is beyond, you guys, you can't, to me, once you go past where they've gone, I don't think it's imperative to be like, oh, we're going to do headlock takeovers and, and chain wrestling. To me, that was one of those things where I was just like, eh. You can't, you can't go back, in my opinion. These guys were blood feud from blood feud way back. So I just wanted more. Eventually, they got to that point of, like, just viciousness, which was fine. I could have done without the first kind of couple of minutes. But the rest of it was just, as you say, mm, chef kiss, as you would do. But, uh, again, the one thing as well that we haven't talked about a lot on this program because we thought it was kind of a popcorn fart, uh, she gets attacked after the match by Carmela. You know, it's just, it's a thing. Uh, you know what? I'm fine with it because you know what this means? It means Sasha and Bailey are being pulled apart. And this is something I bring up all the time. Like our boy Rary said, why are they doing this when they have Orton Drew a thousand times in a row? It's like, well, we complain about that because it makes it feel less special. But we, like, I always brought it back to like Cena and Edge back in the day. They feud, but then they pull them apart. They bring them back together later. And every time felt special because of that. If we revisit Sasha and Bailey, who knows? 
Maybe you're at WrestleMania time. Maybe it'll feel so special. What if Bailey wins the Royal Rumble? What if this happens? What if that happens? But for now, Sasha's moving in a different direction. Bailey now does as well as she has to earn her way back to the top. But I like this. Obviously, I'm surprised it was Carmella because we thought she'd be built up a little bit. But clearly, WWE feels the best way to bring her back is to put her right in the title picture, which WrestleMania, the last time Carmella was a heel, she was a very good one and was on top of the division. So we'll see. This should be a good uh, feud on the mic. We'll see how it goes in the ring. It has Sasha, so it'll probably go well. But I am curious to see this new character, Carmella, how it translates to TV. I don't even think it's a real new Carmella. Honest to God, you put maybe a new you know, coat of paint on it, but God, it's so... They new lips and new tits. Um, yeah, well, whatever. I'm Great. To say that. Well, we, you just did, so it's fine. <laughs> Literally, I, I looked at it, and I'm like, she's a discount Iggy Azalea. Like, that's exactly how she felt when I walked out. And that that outfit, man, ugh. Like, I just, it just, it, it screams trash. Like, I just was looking it, at it going, Did it make you upset? No, it just made me go. It clearly made you upset. No, you sound upset. So no, 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 it Sounds no, no. like they did their job. No, no, no. It made me go. It looks like everything else I've seen. Like, the fact, here's, here's, here's where I have a giant fucking bone to pick about this stuff. Sasha is on another level, like literally another level than Carmella. We know that. But this whole thing of like leading up who is the mystery woman, I'm untouchable. What is in fact untouchable about her? I hope with the promos that these are great because right now, I mean, obviously we don't care about it until after Survivor Series. Here's here's something else I wanted to bring up very quickly. Because we are in the Survivor Series kind of mode and we're like a week and a half away from Survivor Series and yet I have not had any interest in it whatsoever. Do you think that Sasha will be forced to automatically defend her championship before Survivor Series no, she, again? She did. She did. She did Again. This week. Again to Carmella. And then Carmella I, beats her. What would that do no, to you? I don't I don't think that's happening until after. I okay. think because there's only one after this week's SmackDown, I think there's one more. So unless something crazy happens, that would be I think would be foolish because to me, she clinched her Survivor Series appearance by beating Bale. I don't but disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. But we, we have a lot of uh, stuff to talk about in the finish about like just random matches that are being rematches, which could really throw a, a wrench into what we're going to see at Survivor Series. So Well, they do it every year. That's what they do. I mean, the big one was a couple years ago where Jinder Mahal got replaced uh, by AJ Styles and we lost our dream match with Brock versus Jinder. But we did get Brock versus AJ, so that can work out. But to me, yeah, we'll talk about it later. The big one's on Raw where we could see the flipper roots. Okay. Anything else you got in that aspect or no? No, we can move on to the next thing that you liked. My favorite thing of the week was because I called it last week because it was dog shit. The Larve interview. That, so, so hold on, hold on. This is your favorite thing of the week just because you called it? No, 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 no. I, I, let me expound upon it. Let me, I mean, <laughs> let's, let, let me take a moment to pat myself on the back, you know. But other than that, um, I was excited because last week I was I was sitting there talking about they need to do this, they need to do that, they need to do that. They did everything we talked about. Michael Cole was way better than Corey Graves. They had him in the dark-ish in the background. They did a little bit less coverage of the uh, you know, the um, oh my god, I was picked on crap, which was great. The shirtless thing kind of threw me off, but I was like, he's in his gear, it's fine. I wish he still didn't talk as much as he did. I wish it would have been more stoic, but it was better. The one thing that, like, I I cannot overemphasize this, and I think it was the only thing anybody took away from this entire interview was... <sighs> That's all you got. That's all you got from him, which it sounded He's a like... a mouth breather. Serious mouth breather, but I just... I couldn't take anything away from it because it was just like, what is he saying? He's just breathing. Which, again, honestly, here's here's a step up for me. I would prefer the mouth breathing over whatever the fuck he did two weeks ago. So, for me... Thought it was a win, 
thought I was excited because, again, we're both big Lars Bars guys, and we think there's a lot of potential there, at least for the mid-card for Lars. And I just don't want this whole baby face kind of Izzy, you know, crap with, like, everything we're doing. Just go back to what, what brought him to the dance, make him a freak. Yeah, I know you need layers to a character, but there's ways to unpeel. Excuse me, unpeel. Peel. That makes no sense. Peel that character back more and more in a way that we could all enjoy. Because this this version of him they did a couple weeks ago was terrible. So I think this was a good band-aid on a bullet hole, so, so to speak, for the character of Lars. Here's what I want to see with Lars. Get him in the rain. Let him beat people up. That's all I care about. So here's here's the thing I don't understand, right? They did it correctly with Braun for weeks. Yeah, just beat him up. Have him beat people up. That's it. Have Here's the thing. What I would have preferred to jump off your point would have been have Lars beat people for weeks and weeks and weeks. Have Kayla try to get an interview. Doesn't happen. Sarah to get an interview. Whatever. Doesn't happen. They run away from him because he's like, you know, Lars, heavy breather. Creepy. Yeah. To, to, to get to the point where Graves might get a little bit. Then to get to Michael Cole to have his journalistic, well, I've been through war. I can deal with this kind of stuff. I, that would have been a better way to, to, to capture like, oh, I would actually want to sit down and see this interview rather than, you know, it's not really hot shotting, but it's just... It's a way of, I can't think of a better word, to, to really just rush this thing because it's just, he's not ready. He's just not. Like, he's, he, it's like, it's like when you pull out something from the oven and it's like not done. Like, that's, it's half baked. It's, it, and a lot of the ideas are, are half baked too. So I was watching this going, like, make me want to actually care that he talks versus having him talk. Cause I didn't even ask for him to talk. Neither did you. You know, it's like, as, as a fan, you're thinking to yourself, what the hell is going on here? Do I even care? And I think that they did them a disservice, and they're trying very hard to undo it. But as we know, never really happens. Yeah. It's Lars, man. Just beat people up. That's all I want. My uh, Another thing on SmackDown that's something that I really love this week, it was a backstage segment. It started with the Street Profits and Big E. And I'm just like, okay, this is great. It's kind of like it has the New Day feel because the Street Profits are like, you know, they're doing their thing. Big E's in there. They're like talking smack. But I thought the star of this segment was Billy Kay. And I yes. thought I saw you say it on Twitter, and I agree 100%. She's someone who maximizes her minutes. They never give her much, but she's memorable. She's like she's like the female version of Heath Slater to me, where no matter what they put her in, she's succeeding character-wise. And look at man. Since they broke up the Iconics, we agree. Peyton Royce, bigger ceiling, more star power, better in the ring, but more successful since the breakup? Billy Kay by infinity. Because Peyton's literally done nothing to memorable. Whereas Billy Kay, she gets these little snippets, and this backstage segment was hysterical. Especially, like, I love when they, like, cross things like this. It's like, obviously, you have the Street Profits getting ready for a match for the New Day, so it makes them have Big E. But, like, you didn't have to throw in this little sprinkle of Billy Kay, this paprika. But it's the perfect amount, and it just makes this segment, like, so much enjoyable. When I'm looking back on things I enjoyed, I'm like, that was one of the favorite things. It's like a five minutes of my life that I would watch again. Yeah, look, I, I appreciated the fact that the, the Street Profits were there and Big E was like, I ain't giving you any stuff on, you know, Woods or, or Kofi, which was great. And then the thing that I started laughing at was like the whole like headshot thing. She's used the headshot twice, this I think two weeks in a row where she does the headshot thing and then she flips her resume over and she's like, I've got a lot of like intel. It. Like it just, like and it. then they were like, yo, Billy, we were there the same amount of time you were. And she was like, <laughs> ah, and like walked away. She's she's good. She's 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 serviceable in the in the aspect that they need her to be serviceable in. And the other thing that I think that again, we can probably debate this all day long. Like we've already talked about Peyton Royce, yes, we already know that she's got that star. Vince has a super super duper Vince raging boner for him for her. But on the other side of that, Billy Kay, you know, 
there are a lot of things that they did well together, but I believe that Billy Kay has the ability to not be tied down to something and is, is willing to try something different. And I think that's what's going to help her because she's she's at such a disadvantage on SmackDown being where she is by herself oh, yeah, 100%. and not getting enough time to do anything. As we know, that the, the, there's no second tier women's feud at all. So unless she's in a segment like that or in something with another male, there's not going to be a lot of time for her, unfortunately. So it, I was excited to see her do that. And I've always been a, a proponent of, I mean, obviously we all love you know Peyton Royce for obvious reasons. But I've always been a big fan of Billy Kay. So I'm hoping and praying that she does something with this because it's definitely something that people are going to write off and not think about. And they shouldn't write her off because she's she's decent. She's very good. No, and, and she's the type of person that I think no matter what, she, a lot of it might be the joke role, the jobber role. Like there is a spot for her everywhere because she's someone that, just like we said, maximizes her minutes. She's a plug and play. She's entertaining. She loses well. So it's just one of those things, like just like the simple thing. It's like I kind of have like, Chad Gable NXT vibes with her trying to hand out a resume, trying to look for a job. Kind of, I'm sure it's going to lead to some by how her looking for a partner. It's just there's something where whenever she's on my TV, it's not a waste of time with her, mm-hmm. and I like that. Speaking of not a waste of time, uh, Nestlemania. What happens when Baron Corbin takes on a little guy? You have super a great hot match. fire match, baby. Yep. Yeah, and this week it's like Rey Mysterio. Whether you like him or you don't like him, he's good in the ring. And him and Baron Corbin, we've always seen Mysterio has always been good with the big guys. This match, it was a qualified match for Survivor Series. It obviously had the storyline trickled in, which, uh, you know, all the schmas with Rollins and Dominic and everything, but the right man won, King Corbin, because everyone needs a king on Survivor Series. I'm excited he'll be involved in that match, but it was just another segment where I'm looking like, a lot of the times I say this on SmackDown, it's stuff where it's just like, I don't feel like I wasted my time watching this. This was a good watch. I enjoyed it from a wrestling point of view, from an entertainment point of view, and where we're going point of view. Yeah, look, I was excited to see it. The, the the shamas that came afterwards, for me, was a little... It's storyline, baby. It's storyline. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it is what it is. It, it is what it is. It, it's filled with gaga, as we would say. In this... Yeah, the gaga. The gaga. So here's here's something I wanted to bring up, because we might as well bring this up together, because, uh, you know, Seth beat Otis. Yeah, And uh, whether or not we believe what side Murphy's on, all he said to Seth was, Messiah disciple. That's all he said. And you know, I wish I had the laugh ready so I could do the ah ah ah, ah laugh, but <laughs> but that's all he needed. And then of course Aaliyah just came out and slapped the crap out of him, whatever. So here's the other thing too. Like I was watching this match and automatically I have to give you I have to give you some context to where my brain was when I was watching this. So Oh boy. No, because you probably you you're not a historical wrestler like I am, or wrestling fan rather. Uh back in the early nineties, Davy Boy Smith's wife, who was Bret Hart's sister. Uh, was part of an angle with Bull- Bulldog and Shawn Michaels. And they tried to paint uh, Bulldog's wife, Diana, like she was a, a whore, as they say. Uh, so I have to I have to give up to my buddy Tony and Todd, who have done their Stu Hart uh, voice, because Stu Hart was in an interview saying, eh, eh, they made Diana look like a, like a whore. So every time, because she was just this, you know, homely Canadian girl, when I watched... Aaliyah come down, I went to myself. I'm like, they're trying to slut up Aaliyah at 19. It just, it, mm. looked, it looked awful. I was thinking See, to myself, I, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, ooh, this makes me feel so much more uncomfortable. She was like, she's running down there. And I was just like, this is a little too uh, much for me, man. So here, here's my issue with it. Because that, especially when you bring up like old school wrestling like that, like that's, that's just like old school misogyny. Um, 
So, yes, it's always something that's going to be ingrained in our minds, but, like, I've never, it's the same thing, like, and I'll, I'll bring this away from women, too, just to kind of give a different type of comparison. It's like Cam Newton. He wears all the flamboyant, fashionista-type outfits for football, and people like to comment more on that. And then whenever he does poorly, it's like, oh, well, you know, he's, he's more focused on dressing like that. It's like, because he's putting a scarf. I, I don't think it's one of those things. I, I don't know. My mind just doesn't go there, and I don't like going there because how people want to dress, that's how they want to dress. Um, I don't here's the thing. Lady. I don't necessarily believe she had everything to do with it. Like, I think that it's one of those things where I, I personally believe, this is just me, that when you watch that, I feel uncomfortable saying, like, she's that young, and I bet you somebody's out there trying to push this shit on her, and it's not fair. It's not. That's what I yeah, think. Yeah, but it also could be, like, maybe she saw that dress and she really liked the So one of those things we're never going to know, so that's why, like, debating about, like, what the thing I just, is, is I, I think I, it's kind of silly because it's, like, she wore something. It's, it's like any sort of outfit for anyone. Like, are we commenting, like, uh, when how Otis wears his thing so tight and his body's all over the place? Like, I would prefer he didn't either. You know what I mean? I know, like, but, I know but it's just one of those things. It's not as, it's not as highly talked about. So it's just, it's, it's tough. It's tough for me because I don't view it like that. And like the old school thing, yes. Like there's, there's, there's boy talk, locker room talk where you talk a certain way. But for me, like, I don't, I don't like to look at it that way. And I think people already want to like, really like go that direction with this angle anyways, because they see a 19 year old girl on TV. So they already have opinions on it and they're trying. To... I just, I would, per, like I said, I would prefer this be over already. I just, I think that this girl is trying see, to do I the enjoy, best she can. I think this is, this but... storyline is still like, cause again, this week I'm like, okay, what are they going to do with it next? Murphy's clearly on the Mysterio side. Now it's like, nope, he's not. He's helping Seth. Let me ask so you, now it's like literally all over the place. I don't, I don't want to be super hypercritical. I don't, but here's, here's what I've asked about it. Right. Like mm -hmm. you, you think about, you think about this, right. Up until this point, and I, 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 this is a character thing for me. This isn't more than anything yeah. else. The way that the way that she has been perceived is a naive person, right? Yes. Who may or may not be in love, right? The yes. minute she, she said she's in love, she said she's in love. The yeah. minute she said she's in love, her wardrobe changes. So I think that this is the kind of stuff where, like, she dresses see, as an I everyday person. I don't see like that. This dress was a lot flashier, but like she's worn plenty of revealing things throughout this whole process. I don't like believe nothing like that, though. The she showed up, she was, and everyone was literally Googling her age because of what she showed up in. So it's it's not this dress is just last year. I don't. I just believe so it makes me feel uncomfortable to a point where, like, well, that's a personal thing, you know? Yeah, and I'm just like, I'm sitting here going, like, people get uncomfortable when they see like someone that they like. You probably feel uncomfortable because you know she's 19. Yeah, she's wearing a skimpy outfit. You don't want to be attracted. Like, are you uncomfortable staring at Otis with his, you know, sometimes? His body? Honest to God, sometimes so, yeah, it's, so it's, it's revolting. Sometimes. Not, yeah, so I don't, I don't think it's one of those things that if she wants to wear it, then let her wear it. You know what I mean? It's not like she's out there nude. No, and I understand that, but here's, here's... She's got more clothes on her than half the wrestlers. That's true. That's very true. However, I will say this much. This entire thing is getting a little bit, like... I don't know if it's circling the drain for me, but it's, like, it's getting to a point of, like, we need to make our point and move on. It just seems like... And I'm not saying hurry up. I'm just saying more of a, like, let's let's well, get let to the checkpoint and let's go to something. Idea. Because we've talked a lot about this. Murphy has never been used besides in the cruiserweight division. Right. He's being used more now, so this is the best Murphy's ever been. Dominic came on the scene in this feud, and obviously you were a lot of people were very much against him. You were leading the pack. He's come on. He's shined throughout it. I even cared about Rey Mysterio since he was jumping out of the floor until this feud. Seth Rollins, this is the best he's been in forever in this feud. So everybody in this feud has been like their maximum maximum and like a long time. So that's why I don't really like see like yes it's like this has been going on forever but 
at the same time, when people complain about how we don't get long-term storylines, this is the longest-term storyline they have going, and every week, something is happening. Like, this week, like, was the, I thought, like, we thought we were going in one direction, we get the unpredictableness of Murphy. So, this entire feud, however long it's span now, since pre-SummerSlam, I don't even remember how long before then, they found a way where it's just, like, we're talking about it every week because stuff is happening in it, whether it's unpredictable, whether it's, like, things changing. So for me, like, until it gets to the point where, like, we're just regurgitating, because, I, like, I was expecting it this week. I'm like, where else can they possibly go with this? Murphy's against Seth now, whatever. Then they flip it back, and now I'm on my head like, what the hell's going to happen? And I'm sure it'll link in a Survivor Series, because if I were a betting man, it'll be Dominic versus Murphy for that last spot, right? On Friday is what I would think. So it's just now, like, my mind is in a complete pretzel. Like, where are we going next? So it's like... When I'm looking at things I want to watch on a weekly basis, I don't give a shit about the 24-7 title. You don't care about these random title matches. It's like, I want to know what the fuck they're going to do next in this ridiculous feud. I just, I'm getting to a point where I'm looking at it going, Dominic hasn't wrestled in weeks, which is fine, right? Ray is kind of like, so here's 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 what I guess I'm, I'm getting at, right? Like, And they're doing a good job of it. I just foresee that the Aaliyah factor can eventually be weeded out. And we can move on to something else. Well, it's so the way that this feud started, it was Seth and Ray. Right. And then it I became know. Seth and Dominic. And then it was Seth versus Ray and Dominic. Then Buddy, it was the two of them, two on two, Seth and Buddy. But now it's transition where Ray and Dominic have taken more of a back seat, and it's become Seth versus Buddy featuring Aaliyah with everyone around it. So they've done a good job of like rotating everyone in and out of this feud. So it's not like the same thing over but here's and over again. You, you, know you, you can't put her in the ring. You know what I mean? Like, no, there's no, there's no relevant not, to it. That, there's no payoff. She's, no, she's but she's put, she's being pushed in a way. At least for me, I don't feel, I don't feel comfortable watching this sometimes because I'm just like, ugh. like, it's not, it's part of it is not bad. It isn't. It, it's just I don't like the whole portion of like, okay, like it was a kiss or whatever. That's fine. I'm still like sitting here going, eh, I'm not really loving that. But you get to a point here where you just think to yourself, like, okay. So Buddy is going to make Seth believe that he's part of it and then eventually turn on Seth again, right? Or you know? is he maybe seeing the light? Who the hell knows? Maybe you know? because the Mysterio rejected him so much, he was like a sad puppy and went home to daddy. Don't call him daddy. That's weird. Seth is going to... He's about to be a daddy. Well, a real Papa, dad, sure, but not. Papa, he's not Papa Buddy's Rollins. daddy. The, the Friday Night Messiah daddy. The Friday Night Daddy? That's weird. <laughs> no, he's a messiah. He's a messiah daddy. I'm just saying the whole thing makes me feel very uncomfortable. Like I've, I'm already at a point where I, I've already felt uncomfortable. And now it's not like a good like money making uncomfortable in my opinion. I just feel like I just I can't deal with it anymore. Like I'm I think I'm at my point of like I've taken enough. Some of it's been real good. I just I want it to progress in a different way. And I I just don't appreciate that because, again, if it was her choice, that's fine. And she has every right to make that well, choice. Sort of, uh, that's, so. let's, let's be honest here because, like, people get tucked up on the age. 19, you're an adult now. Sure. Like, like maturity-wise, you might not be there, but I know 40-year-olds that are mature. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she's 19-year-old. She's an adult. She makes her own decisions. So by everyone judging her, that's not fair. That's, you know what I mean? I'm, that, not, and I'm, not, I'm not directly talking to you here or anything like that or saying anything like that. I'm just saying in general, it's, it's a stigma that happens a lot. It's just something that's always been. Like, different people obviously have different things, and that's fine. There's no, no issue with that. But to hold it as a negative against her, I think, is foolish nope. because she's, she's an adult. She's, what a, I, act, she's acting on television. What I should be saying, and this yeah. is what I should have said started from the gate, because obviously I don't sound a certain way, 
but no, 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 I know, and I'm, that's why I'm not, I'm not trying to paint you that. I'm just giving you the other side. And I understand that. I appreciate the that. The points argument. you're making are a million percent valid. I'm just giving you the other side of where I understand that it can be uncomfortable. At the same time, like the other, the other aspect of this is yes. which I probably should have lead off with is that I feel that there is, and I could be completely wrong about this, and I probably am, but it feels as if choices are made for that character See, and not that, for her and that portion of it as, but, a, as okay. especially as a new dad makes me feel incredibly uncomfortable so what we're talking about here is they're all actors doing something she's so not an actor every said this, oh. well, oh. every single every single the old wwe wrestlers they're all actors too they're acting well, all these character decisions they're mostly made for them so it's like it's no different like people are probably could tell seth rollins to be acting a different way but it's also one of these things we're not no we don't know what because we're not in that room so it's hard to go either way to assume right. and, like, and I'm assuming it. I'm assuming I am. I absolutely yeah. am 100 percent assuming yeah. it. And again, it's just a, it's a feeling that I get doesn't mean that I'm correct. So let's move yeah. on. We've talked way too long about this. Do you have anything else on SmackDown? No, I do not. What was your favorite part of Rob? Because I'm curious if we line up. Well, I will say this much. I enjoyed the hurt business an awful lot this week. Mm. Always. Always. I, I enjoyed the fact that they kind of did their, their business elsewhere this week, which was nice. Um, I'm excited to see where they go. They had a couple of things backstage, which again, like I thought it was good, but here's, here's something else I wanted to have a discussion on where he basically beat up, you know, Drew Gulak and they, you know, we'll talk about this later in the heat, I'm sure. But Gulak, Gulak gets knocked out and, MVP basically says it's a glorified clip-on title. A glorified clip-on title. Like, how yep. exactly... Like, that portion to me went like, what the hell are we doing? Like, what is exactly... Like, why do we even I have thought this that segment was hysterical. It was great, though. But I just yeah. felt like it's one of those things where it's like 95% of it was amazing. And then that one line is the only thing you remember from yeah. it. So we're not, we're not going to talk about that title. We're not talking about that title here. Because you talked about the Hurt Business. Yeah. Let's keep talking about the Hurt Business, baby. So go ahead. Well, no, you said the Herpes was your favorite part of Raw, and I agree. They're, They're just, the best. They are. No, I just, I, I, I believe that they are the only thing in, like, there's a lot on Raw that I did not enjoy. Oh, I, yeah. There's a segment that I enjoyed that I'm sure you didn't enjoy, but, uh, you know. Well, there's one of the, the other, the other thing I loved on Raw was I thought the second best match of the week, and that was Ali versus Ricochet. We finally got it in the ring. I said last week, I'm like, WrestleMania, this is going to be one of those matches. I'm cool to watch over and over again because both these guys are awesome. And you talk about innovation. The amount of things that Ricochet does in a match in terms of reversals and selling, like it's so different than what everyone else does. We knew him and Ali, they're two probably of the more athletic, talented, high-flying like type of superstars they have. And I thought this match was fantastic. And the other big piece is WrestleMania. Ali picked up the first ever win for Retribution. So pop the champagne, baby. They actually won something. I actually sat there watching this match because I was I was loving it. But I was watching this match going. Oh God! If, if Ricochet wins this, <laughs> what else? What else can we do? He'll what probably else? win next week. I know, but what else? What else could we possibly? What else could you do? You know, it doesn't make. Ali any sense. needed this win. This was a win that Ali needed, and they gave it to him. The other thing that made me really upset was like this match was great. Probably one of the best. I mean, right behind uh, Bailey and Sasha was probably the only these two those two matches. Are the only thing that I think we're watching revalue or rewatch value. Excuse me, but. I can't for the life of me, like, there's so much shit on Raw that I was like, this This came out, like, with the third hour where I was like, oh, finally, something good to watch, you know? Exactly, yeah. It was just, there's so much shit that I was like, especially with, like, the bad taste that a lot of SmackDown left on me, it did not help 
on Raw. Like it just didn't help in general. So I think a lot of my negativity to our previous comments uh, were basically that I thought a lot of what I watched Friday and Monday was dog shit. A lot of it. Well, when we do this stuff week to week, the majority of it is, and Raw especially. SmackDown, I think I just has SmackDown, a fourth of the show with Sasha Bailey. I love that. And it's like other stuff. So, but on Raw, it's just like they got three hours to fill. And there is a lot of crap. The only other thing besides that match that I really enjoyed is I did, and like it wasn't the best in the world, but I did enjoy the kickoff to the show on Miz TV because they had a lot of things going on here. Orton, I thought, came out fire. We love when Orton's passionate. He was passionate in that promo to Miz. And then, you know, Miz is so good at this because he's such a sniveling little shit where he starts sucking up to Randy and Morrison's like his little hype man. They're like, oh, no, no, Randy, we don't want you. We want the tag titles. That obviously brings out the New Day. They do their thing, whatever. But that RKO, that Orton hit on Kofi out of nowhere, flawless. Every time those two touch, magic happens. And Orton touched Kofi and magic happened. Obviously, Drew runs out. But the part that I loved was the end of this segment where Miz and Morrison just firing up Randy, like being like the hype man. I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, in another world or in another time, because I know we have like the F, uh, FTR with Orton at the end, Miz and Morrison would be a great stable with like Orton. It would probably never work because of the ego thing. But just having, I wouldn't mind seeing this the next couple of weeks, just have Miz and Morrison around Orton, like fake supporting him and Miz waiting for his moment. Because Miz is so good at that. He's so good at like sucking up and eventually turning. I just, to me, like, this was so enjoyable. Whatever, the main event, whatever, don't care. But in terms of this segment, I was like, okay, beginning of Raw, not that bad. Then I had to sit for two hours to wait for Ali Ricochet for anything else good. But I thought this, at least in terms of, like, starting the night, setting the table, all the characters involved, I thought it was a good segment. And then they said the word six-man tag. Yep, so, and I laughed, and I said, hey, Nestle, here you go. Yeah, exactly. So, look, I know we had to get to the end, but here's the other thing, too, is did they offer, or I feel like they sent out a graphic where it was going to be McIntyre on a moment of bliss, and it never happened. So, uh, I'm sure we have to go back and check. They probably deleted it now because it doesn't matter, but I'm pretty sure I saw it earlier in the week. It's possible, but as we know, these shows get rewritten numerous times no, today, I have a lot of the times. Of course, it shows. It shows, but yeah. again, I'm not a huge fan. We, we don't talk about the six-man tag stuff here because I just don't give a shit because, again, it didn't matter. It, you all, knew well, that all, the whole point of the six-man tag was to make McIntyre look good to prepare you for the title match. Yeah, it's, it, it, it did. He looked like a badass. He did, and again, you know, something else. But here's something else, piggybacking off of what you said. I will say that this was a very much a Mac-heavy Raw, which is fine. Mm -hmm. The one thing that perked my interest was the Seamus McIntyre film on the back. I love and it. And a lot of people missed this, that Mercy the Buzzard was in the background. Yep. And uh, that was very telling to me, and I believe that it's going to be part of my hope. So I'll, I'll, I'll specifically wait a little bit for that, but I will say seeing Seamus and Mac two weeks in a row, and as you said, you thought that the Mac was going to be the fifth member of Survivor Series. Clearly that is not the case anymore as yep. of right now. Um, but I will be curious to see what happens with the Mac going forward, because I think this adds a little bit of intrigue where I thought he got a little stale. So this has now got me back on the train. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm curious to see where this baby goes. face is always better chasing. And obviously we know you're going to hit on your hopes. I'm not going to say too much, but they're fighting for a title. We know someone else who wants the title. So there's a little three man weave going on there. I would assume that it's going to factor in the next few months. You would think. Yeah. I got nothing else in the shine unless you do. Uh, no, let's just move on. <laughs> Where do we start? It's your segment, bro. Where Kick do we start? Off. All right. Kick us off. So here we go. I'm just going to go through a bunch of random shit that nobody cares about. So we have Jay Uso acting like a bitch because he's a bitch. 
And so KO tells Ow. him to calm down and get some decaf in that promo, which I, I giggled at, but then I'm like, oh God. Then they have another segment where they have this whole thing where he's talking to Kayla and Paul's like, hey, did you clear that with Reigns? Then they have another promo where Reigns is like, man, you gotta, you gotta clear that with me. And it's just like, they keep going through it, which again, I get what they're trying to do. But man, are they looking, making them look bad in certain aspects, which I get what they're trying to do, and that's fine. Of course, then he goes, then he basically forces Jay to, you know, face KO and and do that whole thing, and it ends up in the match. Which again, Jay Uso has been on fire for most of what he's been doing, mm-hmm. but this whole like, I thought it was very redundant in some ways, where I thought that they could have made the point and get over it. I didn't think they necessarily needed, like, I I understand they needed a setup for KO, which I understand. But they could have, in my opinion, morphed a lot of these segments together mm-hmm. instead of having them so kind of like segmented throughout the show, which, again, sometimes I do enjoy a good weave. But I just – this one for me really didn't stay in there, and it's just – it just didn't go well for me. And then – so it just kind of translated into crap the rest of the night. And, like, you know, we've talked about pretty much everything else on SmackDown, so I'm not going to harp on it too much. But moving over to Raw, we had the second chance – Three-way, which, again, wasn't bad, but anything with Elias is most likely terrible, as we both know, wrestling-wise. Once the bell rings. Once, Once the bell, the bell rings. Fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we, uh, the logical choice was Riddle, which is fine. And then, so here's the thing where, again, in preference to what I'm watching, it's fine. Riddle's on the team. He's a good foil for a lot of people. He's a good guy. They even have a team meeting backstage, which was fine. Again, they overkilled this with a promo here. They did one backstage where AJ was excited and everybody else had, you know, fucking whatever problem. Then they m- just paraded everybody out at the top of the hour to do this. this thing. So my biggest issue with this was, it's not that I didn't enjoy this segment, because I did and for a couple of reasons overall. It's just like, they took the same segment they did last week and just added Riddle to it. Right. Which it just shows you, and it's like, and we have a whole nother week, which means we probably have another week of a similar segment, which it was funny last week. And this week, like the riddle thing that made me laugh. Like when he said Fireface, I fucking belly laughed. Like that was great. That was hysterical. The nicknames, like it's stupid. Corny riddle is not as good as ass kicking riddle, but like that's just what Vince loves. So you know you're going to get it. But Fireface, that was funny. Um, but it's dopey. Just this, yeah. yeah. Do- and him like taking the dopey, like, yeah, it's like it's funny. Like we laugh, like haha, comedy. But at the same time, like it's pretty much the same thing we did last week. And I said last week how. I don't really like Braun in this role as being like the whatever, because it's not, you're trying to make him an ass kicker, but then you're all, it's just, it's mixed messages. I'm sure you have something to say about Keith Lee's promos, like yep. whatever it is, what it is. Seamus, again, I think is the best in this role because he's just like the angry guy that is easy to piss off. Right. So it's just like, you just throw rocks at him so he flips out. But again, and then we get a tag match with AJ as the ref. Riddle, I guess, got the super shine because he got two wins in one night, but it's just the reason why it's heat. It's because it was pretty much the same thing we did last week. And I know next week, it's probably going to be the same thing again. I have a fear that we're going to get a gauntlet match next week of all five members to declare mm-hmm. who the captain is. And that's bullshit. Like, it doesn't even matter. It that sounds matter. like a good way to spend an hour. So, you know what yeah, I mean? I and that, I, that I, makes a lot of sense. I, there's a lot of WWE style kind of stuff that they love to do. Yep. So I, I would I would see that happening where I don't care. And I'll be like, all right, great. I'll, I'll wait the hour DVR it and fast forward from 9 to 10. Because that's exactly what it's going to be. And I'd be shocked if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like there's something going to go That's on That's a there. good call. I could see that. That makes a lot of sense to me. You know, so again, I'm not a huge fan of this. I mean, AJ did the best he could in the situation he's in, but again, like the whole, like getting knocked down three or four times. I mean, you watch a, a wrestling match and a ref bump happens more than twice and you're like, come on. And then you see AJ get hit like four times. And you're thinking to yourself, get the fuck up. You're a wrestler. That would get you get right back up. You know what I mean? So it's just like, 
<laughs> the, the whole point of like wrestle logic, as we always joke about on this program, is just like there's so much dog shit that I just was like, and it's encompassing throughout the entire, like I said, Friday and Monday, where it's just like, you can't, and this is why I hate Survivor Series, where it's just like, none of this shit makes any sense. And none of it, like, all you have, like, there's no person in the room, I bet, that has the balls to stand up and be like, uh, hello, um, you did this last week, maybe you should do this this week. Because continuity works for people. Well, I think it's the problem with when they're booking this is because like you're not, they're not like they haven't done the invasion angle. No, sure they'll do at some point. But it's just like you either do this with like the team can't get along, but there's no one for them to fight, so they have to fight each other. Well, if they were smart, they'd be like, okay, we're gonna have a practice five on five. Take five other people from Raw and do a match. Like that's that's the only other way to do it. But at the same time, it's just like, eh, do we care? So that's why booking this going into it is so hard. You know what else made me really cringe? Ready for this? Oh, I'm sure plenty of things. Oh, I, I, I've got a lot to cringe on this one. So I thought to myself when I was watching SmackDown, okay, who's on the SmackDown team? KO, Jey Uso, Seth Rollins, and now I believe King Corbin. Boy, King Corbin, right? There's one left. Who could it possibly be? Dominic or Murphy, I think. You ready for this? Yep. The Undertaker. Get the fuck out. I thought you were going to say Chad Gable no. or something. It's, no. Listen no, to me no, right now. No, 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 no. 30 no. years of The Undertaker. Don't even put that into existence. 30 years of The Undertaker fuck. is going to no. happen. Fuck you. I'm fuck telling you. you right now. Don't even say that. No. You wait. No. You no, wait. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have Dolph Ziggler, Mr. Survivor Series. I'm himself. telling you right now. You wait. You wait. No, fuck you. Shut up. Bid Move farewell. On. I will not even consider AJ's that. AJ's on nope. that captain, nope. buddy. Nope. It's going to happen. Nope. I will not even consider that. If that happens, I'm going to blame you, and I'm going to drive over to your place, and I'm going to egg you personally. I'm going to call you. You're going to walk outside, and I'm going to throw eggs at you. Well, th that's that's at least nice you don't take care of anybody else in my family. I appreciate that. Yeah. I don't want to. That no, literally I, crossed my mind. I'm like, they left that last one open. I really hope it's not him. Nope. 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 You never know. Nope. You never know. I know. Nope. 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 <laughs> no. Move on. No. I, I I'm letting that sit in. Nope. All right, so uh, can we please have a moment of silence for the twenty four seven championship? I think this is it. This is it. If it hasn't left the if it hasn't left the dolphin now, JC, I think that this was it for me. This is this is finally it. It has done too many three stooges. Whoop 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 whoop. How many times can you roll somebody up? The the one that broke my heart. This was the one right here, JC. This is the this is the exact moment. You could tell Nestlemania was done with it forever. When Tucker, and I forget who it was. Was it Gulak? Oh, they were like stuck. They were, they stuck. were stuck. Stuck. Yeah. It was oh, like waiting. Was so bad. So bad. Probably waiting the, for a bus. This one. This one was probably the worst one I've ever seen in my life, and I was just. I, I was done. I when I when I saw them pause, I went. This is it. This is it for me, folks. Don't care. You can't make me care anymore. It's all over. It's it's ran its course. It's all done. It's defunct. The only the only redeemable thing from this segment was. Did you see what Tucker tweeted? No. He said four and a half years of heavy machinery, zero titles, two weeks as a single superstar, two title runs. <laughs> that made me laugh. But this segment, like, if you Google what was a waste of my time, this segment is the first thing on the list. Uh, nothing else to add besides that. No, I just, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to leave a second of silence. Okay, and now we're done. We're moving on. The 24-7 so. title peaked when Kelly Kelly won it. It's been out all no, down. No, see, there. now, see, this is the thing that you do. You always, so you give me shit for starting shit. Then you, then you do that. So, fuck off. Kelly, Kelly is a terrible wrestler. Sorry. It is. It's true. 
Anyway, back yeah. on Raw, uh, number seven for Lana eventually, which was she had another jobber alert loss to Shayna. Uh, they did not do the spot. She was saved Mandy by and Dana Mandy Sander. and Dandy. Yeah, I was gonna say the yeah. Mandy Dandy connection. Mandy and Dandy, I like Mandy that. Mandy and Dandy, Dandy connection. Brooke. She should change her name to Dandy Brooke. Then Dandy Mandy Brooke. and Dandy. Mandy Perfect. and Dandy. Done. Book it. That's why I said Mandy's handies. That's exactly what you want. It's fine. So they have this. They have this whole thing where again, dude, you want to talk about it? A useless segment backstage. That one was like, thank you for helping me. And they were like, I don't know who botched it. It might have been Dana. might have been one of the three. I don't know. But it was just like, what the hell did you just say? Like, what the hell did you just say? It made no yeah, sense. Yeah, I'll be honest. In that segment, I wasn't looking at anything except for Mandy's leather outfit. Because WrestleMania, you know how I feel about black leather. Well, look, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, <laughs> the fact that I knew that that was going to be a big deal for you. That's a segment. So, I saw it on I saw it on her Instagram story, and I was like, "Oh boy, I'm excited to watch Raleigh." Yeah, I was like, "That's Jeff, definitely for Josh." So you know, whatever. It, Monday night, Mandy, baby. Well, it's yeah. So it was a thing. I, I I will say, but this whole segment was just like, okay, I'd love my I love Naya. I love I love what Shayna's doing with the whole this whole thing. But to me, Oscar's been so second fiddle in everything that she's been doing. She's had no interaction. Well, there's no one. She doesn't she's have no an interaction. opponent right now. She has no she has interaction no with anything. But that's yeah. the thing, like, Bailey and Sasha have at least made that championship matter versus on Raw, you can't even matter anymore on Raw. Well, no, no, here's the thing. It's because there's no one for Asuka to fight right now because the only people are feuding for the tag title. So wh- explain like, to me where the, 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 the SmackDown women's t- uh, team is and why that's not a priority. It's Bianca Belair and uh, Ruby Riot. I think are the only ones on it so far. I'm just telling you what I see. I'm assuming I think Bailey's going to get on that team now and be the captain. But it doesn't but on matter. Raw, like Raw, the, the main Raw storyline has been Lana is the centerpiece with Nia and Shayna getting a ton of time, but they're also feuding with Mandy and Dana. There's your entire Raw women's division. So what is Asuka supposed to do? That's why they booked her against Nia and Shayna the last couple of weeks. Cause it's like, these seem to be her two biggest contenders, but they're focused on survivor series and defending their titles. So it's just kind of like Asuka's just kind of like, I have a title. Anyone want to fight? Nope. Okay. It just makes it's it, not her it, fault. Just, it just, just, it sucks. It's meaningless in my opinion. You would think in three hours they could find a contender for it. I you mean, I think. don't know what Naomi's up to, but I think a Naomi Asuka feud is something people would get behind, but maybe they're saving that. But I don't honestly like beyond that, like who else is on Raw besides the woman we've talked about? I mean, Nikki, but we've seen it like four different oh, Peyton years. Royce and Lacey Evans, but they took a week off too, I guess. Yeah, I guess, right? There's so there many. There are another. There you go. Two other single stars who are focused on the tag titles. So that's just, it's kind of. They got they they they've given no one to Oscar. I would assume it's going to be Nia and Shayna after Survivor Series, but the Survivor Series stuff is just better right now because it's Lana not better, going through it's a just ta- immediate. Well, the, Lana going through the table is what they're focused on. Like that's the centerpiece of the Raw Women's Division right now, and that that proves a lot. Yeah, Lana had a title shot a couple weeks ago. That was Oscar's last contender. Uh, from yeah. one from one woman, Nia in- also injured Mandy. By the way, I did see he- that. I saw you say it, but the internet was all over it. Okay. Eventually, yeah, because okay. I saw it. Like I, I didn't watch Raw till later, but like when I looked, when I was trying to look up what happened before I got there, people were doing their thing. Which I mean, it's one of those things. It's like Nia's strong. She probably threw Mandy too hard. Whatever, it's gonna happen when you're in a ring. Like things are moving a mile, million miles per hour. It's gonna happen sometimes. Do I love it? No, but this is always the danger with Nia. And it's, you know, you say all the time people gotta slow down. She's pretty high on that list. So I hope Mandy's okay because that would suck. And then they'll put in some random person nobody cares about on the Raw team. So that's it. That's exactly how I feel. It is. 
Uh, very quickly, I want to talk about Nikki having that promo backstage with the uh, Bliss, who did not remember hanging out with her last week. And this, for me, was a lot of interesting things. At least most tid- the tidbit point that I want to make here is that she said, I can give you a play date with him if you like. So for me, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, I not that I want to see some long-term feud with Bliss and Nikki because I feel like we probably would have already seen it by now. Oh, they're headed in that direction. But we are headed in that direction. But here's the thing. I would prefer, prefer that, you know, it's a cinematic thing. I think that would be cool. I really do. I don't know if you can wait. Do you think think they're going to have their own thing or do you think they're going to be incorporated into whatever feud Bray is in? I hope they get their own thing. I agree. I don't know if they will, though, but I think that would be interesting. Here's my thing, and I'm not I'm not knocking NXT, but if you can sit there and you can do a Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis hey, thing. Cameron Grimes is the best thing on NXT. I'm just and saying. a lot of people like Dexter Loomis. I'm just saying. A lot of people fantastic. love Bliss. A lot of people love Bliss. You can oh, do a little bit. A, a lot of people. Everyone loves Bliss. Oh, yeah. By the way, we're talking about the Raw Women's Division. Here's the two other members doing their own thing. So right. It's like, but they have time. That's why, that's why there's no one for Asuka. Right. Sure. Because Raw okay. has, like, there's the Raw subfeuds are doing their own thing. And that's fine. That's fine. Perfectly fine. I got nothing else. Do you have any other quick heats? If not, we can get hopeful. Uh, Jabber alerts and all that stuff have happened. We know that. Uh, Titus, Lana, knock him down. Well, Set him up, knock Selena him down. had one as well, I think. It was, it's, just, it's all over the goddamn place. Um, Is that but, who Ruby beat to qualify? I yes, I believe it was. Oh, it was quick. a triple threat. No, that was a triple threat. Let me see. I, I wrote down Zelina for some reason. I can't remember what it was. I think Natalia was in that match too. Maybe. I, I don't know. It's all the same to me. It, it's it's like it's a reruns. It's all the shit is reruns. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I don't know. It's not a rerun, but yeah, it was, it was useless. Ruby right, Riot made the on. team. Let's Who move cares? on. To, you can get hopeful if you'd prefer. Glorious, you are my only hope. Nestlemania. Since you've been complaining about Survivor Series not having stakes, well, I'm here to add some stakes for you. This is what I want. So Adam Pierce, we know, is like the communicado for Raw and SmackDown, but, you know, we hear a lot about these TV execs. Well, if these TV execs care about Survivor Series so much and the pride, they should be offer some favors to the people who win, like an old school GM, like I brought up before, like Eric Bischoff, be like, hey, you win for my team, you guys get a favor. So I want it to be like, hey, look it. Any members of Team Raw who win, they get a favor of their choosing at any point for one calendar year. Same thing for SmackDown. That adds stakes to every one of these matches, so it just isn't WWE presents bragging rights. So my hope's pretty simple this week, WrestleMania, is... Give them fucking favors, man. Give them stakes. Give them an opportunity to earn something where they get a payback. Like, hey, Raw Women's Team, you guys won. You'll get a favor whenever you want. Mandy, you want to cash in that tag title shot tonight? You got it. And if you lose, guess what? Dana's got one. She can cash in next week. So there's a lot of ways you can go with that. It just adds things. It's like it's not as good as a money in the bank, but it's just something else that always is in the back of their mind or something that you can pull out at any time. So, yeah, keep it simple, WrestleMania. Make Survivor Series full of stake again for our guy Otis. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. So here's my hope very much uh, different from yours. Uh, Your hope very much. You're very much hope. I very much hope. I'm sorry. I've gotten like no sleep. So I'm on all sorts of anger. Um, as you can tell. <laughs> I love how I'm not tired. I'm just angry. I'm just, I'm at a point where like, and this is like just griping to gripe at this point. But anyway, let's get into, let's get hopeful, huh? Uh, so look, we saw the fiends. You know, kind of not being around for a while this week. His 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 minions were there. Mercy was in the background talking, uh, not talking, being in the background with uh, Sheamus and the Mac talking. So this made me think a lot. Next week, we are going to have the Mac versus Randy Orton, which I believe, hashtag spoiler alert, 
uh, it is, it's, not a, it's not a prediction, it's a spoiler, uh, is that the Mac wins with the help of the Fiend. Here's part of my hope, folks. Uh, I believe that having Mercy in the background, he's sitting there, he's wondering what's going on, he's getting interested in all this stuff, he's trying to get in the head of everything. Now look, I do believe that Mac probably won't hold it on longer, but here's where I'm going to head with this, folks. If you listen to Triple H, he did an interview late, uh, I think a couple weeks ago, where he said, uh, having Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre is like having The Rock versus Triple H, in his opinion. Two legends, two big dogs kind of thing. Uh, so I believe that they're going to try to market that in the last week as a big fucking deal because to me, Randy Orton and uh, Reigns is great. We've seen it. We know it'll be good. But again, as you said, JC, it'll be a schmoz. What I do believe as well is that in the meantime, what ends up happening here is that Randy will then have to go into dealing with Bray Wyatt. So they're off in a feud for a little bit while the Mac has now the championship and has no one to fight. Well, if you remember in that conversation, he was talking to Sheamus. Sheamus has been a multi-time champion here, folks. Definitely great on the mic, could do many things, and I think would give a hell of a promo as well as a beating to the Mac where we can see that Scottish-Irish connection beat the piss out of each other, barroom brawl kind of stuff that made Mac really good, which we know Sheamus is really good at, and I believe it might... Just give another couple of W's for, you know, Drew to get some under his belt. So he has two times, two time. And then once Bray is done, Bray can then go to the Mac and then he will beat the Mac. And then eventually Mac and Sheamus will revert back because when you lose to the Fiend, you revert back to something else, which would be what Sheamus and the Mac have been talking about, a tag team. That's what I believe will happen. Long-term booking. Hashtag Nestle knows. Hashtag Nestle cares. Hashtag I got no more hashtags. Interesting. Interesting. So if I keep your interest... For the record, for the record, I'm picking Orton next week because I think it's going to be schmoz. Here's my thing. Here's the only thing that's weird for me is because when I'm watching the shows, the only match that they're not hyping up is Orton versus Reigns. It's like, because it seems like they're even hyping Lashley Zayn more than this. Because The Undertaker is the go-home. But no, it's just, I know, I think the go-home will be there. I bet the men's five-on-five five will go last. I feel like that does a lot of times. But it's just, it's weird to me because I feel like if you were going, if it is truly a Rock Triple H match, uh, McIntyre versus Reigns, You'd want more I weeks. feel like they'd want to hype it up yeah. instead of giving it six days. So that's why, to me, it's just, I don't think they're trying to get our hopes up too high with this match because I think they know no matter what it is, it's going to be a schmoz. Even if it is McIntyre-Reigns, like, Neither of them would be losing clean. I think Orton could lose clean, and we wouldn't care because it's Randy Orton, but I still think there's a schmoz there. So it's just, it's, that's something I've noticed on the way is they're not really hyping this match because we're excited for it when we see it on paper, but they're not trying to make it like it's the greatest thing ever because I think they know no matter what they do, it's going to be a letdown because they're going to schmoz. But right. don't call it a comeback, WrestleMania, because that's where we're headed next. I'm heading over to AEW for mine. Full gear because. I can't I can't do this song. But hashtag hashtag JC knows. JC motherfucking told you. Darby Allen, new TNT champion. Uh this made a lot of sense. Cody and Darby have obviously had a lot of history. Uh Darby, the storyline's been that it's probably real life too. Darby, the only reason he's there is Cody kind of like got him in because nobody wanted him because he's this misfit toy with his skateboard and the face paint. But we know he can go in the rain. And when I look back, over the course of since AEW, since its inception, 
non-WWE guys or guys that aren't like we're like the head of the honchos like Omega and the Bucks. There were there are two guys to me that they have built up incredibly and have just won me over. And this guy, this is one of them, and it's Darby Allen. He won me over on his own because the first couple times I saw him, like this guy's really good. And the more they do with him, even when they try to put him on the back burner, I care about everything he does. So it was good to see him get his moment, become the first singles champion in AEW that isn't a former WWE guy too. That's a big milestone for them and for Darby. He deserves it. I'm excited for seeing what he does week to week. So Darby Allen, you get my comeback, bro. Very quickly, I just want to amend what you said. He's the first male. But yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. If I didn't say that, that's what I meant. Yeah. That's what I, I purposely left out tag. Yes. Tag champs. But I, uh, yes, I, I, single just, male I should have. Should have been single male. Yes. Just want to make sure. My comeback goes to Aura, 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 Worldwide. I didn't see it live. Our boy, our boy, uh, the Joe Stopper wrote, oh, God. He tapped out. <laughs> he tapped out before he was in the hole. And I went, oh, I got to watch this. I, I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm glad I DVR Raw sometimes in SmackDowns because I just, I can't get through the, the dog shit stuff and I get so oh, angry. Well, I mean, but that's for the commercials. That's like 45 minutes by itself. No, but I mean, like, most of the time, I, just because of who I am and what I do, I mean, like, I, I fast forward most of the time the entrances unless there's an in, uh, walk into the ring promo. I will, I, it, I'm telling you right now, I can watch Dude, SmackDown in 45 minutes. It's ridiculous. So we're, so we're like the opposite because. I'm more apt to watch the entrances oh and fast forward the match because <laughs> I love the spectacle, baby. No, I, it's, it's the same thing over and over again, right? So, like, I watched what I watch are talking points, which is the promos and then the wrestling, and that's it. Other than that, commercials and entrances, bye bye. But anyway, so I, to my original point, Joe writes that tweet, and I go, oh, God, I got to watch this because <laughs> I just, I, I'm, a, as we have in the promo, like, we, it's, I mean, or at the beginning of the, the show with the, the theme. I set the bar awfully low, and yet Titus <laughs> O'Neil keeps running into it. I just I can't laugh hard enough, but I appreciated the the thug like mentality of the hurt business, where they were like, "Listen, it's business, but business is hurting people." Like I, I I bought into that. Titus had a real like feeling promo. I was in on it, and again, as much as we joke about Titus O'Neil in this program, and he did kind of fumble at the end. Like the portion of it, I was like, oh, he's really throwing it in there. And I'm sure Bobby's fine with the throwing in the potatoes and everything. He smashed each other around a, a little bit. It was a little, it was a little awkward. It wasn't a ballet, which is fine. Cause I like, I like I that. Guess he's involved. What yeah. I mean, he's got two, two, two left feet. I will say MVP had the greatest line though. He's yes! like in the ring, not underneath it. And I, yeah, that, that I, literally, I, I literally wrote it down. I yeah. said, he looks at me and goes, Titus, just a reminder this match takes place above the ring, not beneath it. Yeah. And I fucking lost it because the minute he started talking, we all knew where he was going. And like, it was just like the perfect execution. MVP is great when he starts to say something. You see that it's kind of like the Grinch. You see the smile slowly coming because he knows he's got it. It's just so well executed. And then Titus goes for like the hit. It's just like, oh, so well done. So, like, we didn't really, I couldn't really harp on it because this was going to be my comeback. But I just, it is hurt business related. But having, Bobby Lashley beat him up and then like just the whole segment I was very happy with. Yes, he tapped out before he was kind of in the 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 the, the hurt lock. But I just I couldn't I couldn't love it more. And so that this is why I gotta give it it was all Titus. It was everything about this, you could have given me anybody else and it wouldn't have been rememberable. No, memorable it's, Titus Titus is what he is, and he's gotten to the point now where like you're done trying to take him seriously, right. which I never really did because like Slater Gator is still one of my favorite random things ever. It's like, I've never taken him that serious. So when he's on my TV, I get my popcorn out. I kick back because I'm like, this is going to be all entertainment. So when they try to mix it, when he goes up against someone as serious as Lashley, it's perfect because it's just like, 
you know what you're getting and you can just sit back and enjoy the two and a half minutes. So that that was definitely why I gave him my comeback. And again, I, I'll, I'll always have a soft spot in my, uh, my black heart for uh, Titus O'Neil. <laughs> so there it is. There's my comeback. Uh, we are now into the one, two, three. Oh my God, what a maneuver. Big finish. Uh, do you want to talk about AEW? Do you want to talk about what's going on next week? What would you like to do? So I don't know anything that's booked for SmackDown. Uh, to be honest, I didn't look. Um, but on Raw, obviously, we already talked about Orton defending against Drew. The other big match is the New Day defense against the Hurt Business. I saw our boy Guthrie put it out on Twitter. He thinks the Hurt Business is going to win. I think it makes a lot of sense. I do not, though. I think this year we're going to go into Survivor Series with no changes for the first I, time. Listen, I'm going to go the opposite route here. We're going to have two changes. I think Hurt Business and You think a match. double change? Double change. Because here's here's what I believe, right? At least at least one of these is going to be correct. Because here's here's the logic I have. They always do this, and on top of it, I'm probably wrong about the Mac thing, but I kind of want it to happen. So that's kind of why I'm pushing it so hard. I mean, you always make a joke with me saying like I never take I never go out on a limb or something. So that's my limb take. Uh, but I, there's something about the hurt business right now. They're hot handed and they're just they're going at a clip that you can't deny. And the street profits need a big W. So I think that having them beat the Hurt Business only being a team so very quickly makes a lot more sense than having the Street Profits take a take an L. So I so. actually give the counter argument because the way I look at it is if Shelton and Cedric win, I feel like they need to win more. The New Day can yeah. literally, in a non-title match, the New Day can lose every time because we're not going to care. It doesn't matter. They're the fucking New Day. So for the Street Profits to be able to say they beat the New Day, I think is a big deal for them and really solidifies him them as probably the best tag team in WWE right now. I think that's that's what they need. That's why, for me, I don't think it's going to flip because the way I look at it is they can look at it on Survivor Series as an opportunity to really solidify the dominant of the Street Profits because they've held titles. I know they switched the titles, but they've been the tag champs for a very long time, and there's a reason. Sure, they didn't have anyone to fight, but they've beaten everyone that's been presented to them. So that's why, to me, if it does end up being the Hurt Business for like a team that's new with Shelty and Cedric, we need to pick up some wins. I don't know if like just feeding them to the hurt business, like either way, it's going to be a great match and I'll be excited for it. But I just don't see the flip happening for that reason. We'll see though. That's why you got to watch the shows. That's why you got to watch the shows. But I think very much so that the hurt business is going to be two and oh on Survivor Series when they win. So I think, I think, I think, so I'll flip what I said. I would see the Street Profits winning. But again, you've, you've made me think about this. I think that the hurt business will probably go two and oh at Survivor Series because. Having them stand on Monday night after Survivor Series with all the other titles, and then if MVP wins the Clip On Championship, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's just, honestly where this has got to go, you right? know, because like, he can't. Nobody can. Nobody in that whole thing can win the 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 world well, title. So it's just Lashley like, could, but they're not. Going no, they're not going to. They they refuse to go that route. Not so, anytime soon. No. So that's where we're headed in that. So let's go over to AEW really quickly. We had full gear, a lot to discuss. Uh, is there anything that stood out for you specifically, JC? So I, I know like leading up, like Cody and a lot of others were saying this is going to define AEW. I think they've had better shows. Um, this was probably one of the most hype cards I've ever had. Uh, Omega Page I thought was very good. I have no issue with that. The right man won. Uh, I was entertaining. I'm really excited to see what they do with Hangman next because I've become such a fan of him. I also think Omega Moxley could be a really good feud. Um, so I like that. I obviously already talked about Cody Darby. Uh, that was I really enjoyed that as well because I think those two have great chemistry. I think the right man won. FTR Bucks, I think we can talk about this one a little here. I knew there was no way in hell this would ever live up to expectations because this is like, what, six years in the making at this point? So it's like there's no way in hell it's going to live up. And I said I wanted it to main event. When I saw it wasn't going to main event, I'm like, okay, 
someday this will main event an AEW pay-per-view, and that's when they'll pull out all the stops. So this one, I just looked at it as this was an appetizer. They obviously had the Bucks win. It was a Young Bucks match. I don't know how else to describe it. It's one of those things where, like, it's spotty. There's pieces you enjoy because there's a lot going on, but at the same time, it's always too much. So I'm curious where you fall on it. It obviously was probably, like, my third or fourth favorite match on the card. So it's not like I didn't dislike it, but it didn't stand out. But, I again, my expectations are way too high. So, again... They, the hype, as you said, was way, way out of out of league. Also, yeah, yeah, I don't know if you know this. I think you probably do because you're up on your AEW. That Matt Jackson is definitely injured. So he was yes. rubbed with the leg. So I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I watched it, I went and thought to myself, okay, I was surprised for the 450 that was missed by the mm-hmm. no flips, just fist guys. So the fact that he went out and did that was pretty amazing. Um, and that was kind of the, the, the tail end of why they lost, which I thought was great. Not having Tully out there was a nice little nugget. As well, so they can come. What I would like to see here is that they have to relinquish. Now that they won, they have to relinquish it because he's out, and then have FTR just win it again. So that it kind of like almost undoes everything that we just saw. Can I give a bonus help? Actually, sure, go ahead. So I can see the young bucks holding them for a little bit, but one thing I want to see is I kind of want them to come full circle. And when the young bucks lose, I want them to lose to private party because they knocked them out of the tournament. That's kind of how they got thing. I think that's. I like to see those type of poetic things in wrestling. So. I think FTR, I don't know what I, I don't know what their contracts are like, but I've been thinking, I know they've been talking about a lot. Like obviously they want to wrestle everyone in AEW, they're signed to AEW. But I'm curious what their deals are because I know FTR really wants to wrestle the North. And the North are impact tag champ champions again. Well, so I'm curious if FTR is gonna like take a breather and jump over there for a bit, if they have something worked out. I'm very curious what happens with that. Well, you did bring up, uh, you know, uh, you know, TNA or sorry, excuse me, uh, Impact Wrestling, which uh, Don Callis was in the beginning commentating uh, mm-hmm. against, you know. So there is some type That's of working I mean. relationship. So you yeah. never know what could be going on here. Um, there could be some synergy. That's a, uh, you know, a buzzword in the biz uh, between those two or three, depending on what we do here. Uh, yeah. Different organizations. I will say I enjoyed Kenny and Hangman. I thought that was awesome. The other thing too is afterwards you saw Kenny celebrating with the Bucks and Hangman kind of lurking in the background, which I thought was a nice little telling story uh, that we don't really get a lot of an AEW. There's a lot of random shit sometimes. So that one was you can tell that they crafted that specifically. They shot that specifically a certain way. So there's not to be you know dismissed or thought about differently. I thought that was wonderful, uh, especially where I I kind of almost felt bad for Hangman. Like when he lost, I think that's the point. And because I, I think and that actually Kenny's headed towards motion. heel status. The Bucks have been heels. Like I think the plan of this whole thing is to literally make Hangman one of the biggest baby faces in the company. Right, and it's going to be the long route, which I'm totally in on. So and he, eventually, hopefully, someday he beats Champion Kenny. You know what I mean? Right. So I mean, maybe that's what it is, and that that I'm fine with that, and I'd be all in. No pun, no pun intended. Uh, then we had you know Sheeta beat Nyla Rose because you know that's a whole fucking thing. Who cares? Yeah, it's. The whole the whole ending with her landing on a, a, a Luthez press after just knees after knees after knees. I was like, really? This is like the fact that Vicky Guerrero got involved. It's fine. I I didn't mind it. It's just she. Here's the thing with Sheeta. I thought she's awesome, but she the dance partner is super important. To her she matches. needs an opponent. Yeah. She, they haven't given her up in a legit opponent forever. Yeah. No, I. You know what I'm actually kind of like to see is now that people are coming slowly back from overseas. I think a Sheeta Riho match would be very interesting. I think that would really show off that like, hey. We have two really good women's wrestlers. Like that's something I'd like to see. Sure. But like, like besides that, like who's she fighting? Right. Her and, and Britt can... Baker would be a good feud, but it's not going to be a good match. Right. Other other things that to talk about that were highlight worthy. Uh, Orange Cassidy be John Silver. Duh, as we talked about. <laughs> highlight worthy. I don't know about a, that. It was a sarcasm. Sorry, you can't see sarcasm. <laughs> I guess. 
Uh, and then we got to something that I actually was pleasantly surprised with because I love the Gaga Schmaz factor was the ultimate, uh, sorry, the elite deletion, which I kind of got a kick out of, which was, uh, if you haven't gone and seen it yet, uh, Matt Hardy had his, you know, his wonderful, wonderful uh, whole, he, he brought out all the stops. As you know, JC, you're a Hurricane Helms guy. so he, Stand back. So he he was in there doing his thing about doing the ace reporter and then getting thrown into lakes and stuff like that. Like, I totally ate that shit up. I loved it. Uh, the fact a private party got involved once everything was happening there with Sammy and the uh, proud and, and uh, was it pride and powerful or powerful and proud, proud and powerful, I think. Sorry, excuse me for screwing that up. Uh, so that was fun. They, everybody got involved, the, you know, the fire and the Roman candles and all that stuff. And then it had to go into the, the whole thing. Like everything to me. It wasn't the best match on the card, but it was very much memorable for me to go, okay, they this was Sammy may have lost, but they went out of their way to do something fun with him. And I appreciated that. So for me, like this was if it if it wasn't top I'd say top three, it was definitely in the top five out of the, the nine matches that were there. And then of course MJF won with the slowest roll up I've ever seen in my life against, you know, flabby Chris Jericho, welcome to fifty. <laughs> Which he took a selfie. He looks every age and oh every my, day at 50. Oh my God. I know I give shit about what people wear, but the fucking like him, him wearing the nothing in the fucking bathroom selfie being like, I'm 50 with the drizzling boobies. Like I was Good just for like, him. I was hey, like, you know what? I hope when I'm 50, I have that much confidence in my body, no matter what it looks it like. Looks Good for him. It looks awful. It looked like his, Good for him. It looks like his pecs have been deflated. That's what it hey. looks like. It looks like someone took the air out of his pecs. Tom Brady footballs, baby. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag deflate tits. That's exactly what he's going to look like. <laughs> Awful, <laughs> fucking awful. But then we got to something that surprised me: Johnny okay. Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. Mm -hmm. It was an I quit match, but you thought to yourself, the street thug of Eddie Kingston was not going to say I quit. John Moxley clearly can't do anything but win at this point because he's John Moxley, and we're on a crash course, a collision course, as we say, uh, to Omega and Moxley. He's going to get cleaned out soon enough, probably. But uh, until closing time happens, there's still only one. So. This match surprised the fuck out of me. They kept talking about that bulldog choke, and I, I, I was focused on it, the bulldog choke. Bulldog. And, I, I, you know, to their credit, they pulled it at the end with the barbed wire across Eddie Kingston's face, pulled the, you know, the, 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 whole, the whole gimmick across, basically cutting off his air supply. It was very, 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 very graphic. Go back and watch it. It was crazy. Um, but here's the thing that uh, was telling. I know you're not a huge fan, uh, JC, of the being the Elite Series anymore. Um, but if you go back and watch this week, now I'm not any Eddie Kingston guy. I'll be we've said on this program many times. But on being the elite towards the end, they let him just talk. Not like a character. He was just himself. It was one of the most compelling two minutes I've seen in wrestling in a long time. That's why people like him. Yeah. Because his story, his journey, his mentality, like he makes you believe in him. Yep. Like every time he talks, I believe in him. Like he just it's real. It's authentic. There's no bullshit with him. There's no hesitation. You know it's not scripted. He's just talking. And that's why people like him. And I like him for those reasons, too. I just, his matches don't excite me. That's all. Right. I, the fights with Moxley, I think, are the best he can be because he's a, he's a fighter. But he's not really a wrestler to me. But, like, anytime he's talking or he's telling a story, I'm watching because it's good. It's right. undeniable how good it is. I see what you did there. Undeniable. Nice. But he did say in that promo very quickly the thing that, that really, you know, he's like, I don't have anybody. All I have is professional wrestling. And I was like, oof. You know, that's, I mean, some of us he's are very fortunate. He's got the butcher. He's got the blade. Yeah, I know. He's got Ray Phoenix. He's got his best friend in the world, Penta Alzetto. He's got the bunny now. Yeah. He's got friends. No, but it's just I the way he said it. I love how he says, I got the butcher. Yeah. The butcher. Yeah. I got the butcher. Yeah. So, like, 
AEW was pretty decent. A lot of people say that Revolution is their WrestleMania, so I'll be curious what we see with the next one going into what they really. Moxley pull versus Omega is the headline. It's yeah, gotta so be right. You'd think so, but again, uh, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a good. Uh, it wasn't a good outing. It wasn't a bad outting. It was an outing, in my opinion. I thought it was a lot fine. Of, I mean, it was there, entertaining. There, there's a lot of story here, so that's fine. And I'm always. What do you think about the length? Because a lot of people, I saw some people say this because you know it's AEW, so they don't want to be it. But I saw a lot of people trying to say like. We give WWE shit when they go on like this. It kind of drags. Like, we obviously didn't really watch it live throughout. Mm -hmm. So this is more, I'm taking it from the people that I saw who actually did watch it as a marathon. I think it was almost five hours. If you include the buy-in, I think it was probably over five hours. So that's a long day, um, which I think, you know, but you looked at the card and you're like, this is a good card. It's loaded. Mm -hmm. But they gave time to everyone. So it's just going to make it long. Well, I'm looking at all the stuff very quickly. So I'll just run down the times on Wikipedia. Giving, and I'm going to get heat for this and I really don't give a shit. Giving Sheeta and Nyla Rose 14 fucking minutes, you could have shaved off at least five there. Well, here's the thing. Nestlemania, if they gave them less than 10, people would be saying, oh, AEW again, not respecting But again, I understand that, but this is not the match to get 14 minutes to. I'm sorry. It's just not. 17 well, what, minutes. What, what, were there any other women's matches on the card? No, but I'm just saying, I, I don't believe that this is one of them. I'm not done. I'm not hating on just them. I'm hating on all of it. No, no, I'm on. just saying like that. I, I know why they did it. I know. So I'm not 17 minutes to, to, to Alan and, and uh, sorry, and uh, Cody, I could have done without a little bit of that. I thought it was a little bit. They could They should have done 25 shut the fuck up you're awful two of the best they got 28 35 for the young bucks and and that one yeah, killed you it. knew that was gonna that happen. one is awful fucking egregious at most does this include the entrances probably not probably not and then of course yeah. we get to the ultimate deletion which again fine i loved it not 20 minutes worth of loving it, it yeah it should have been, that 10, been 15. 10 10 15 exactly keep it moving yep and this is this to me. This is the most egregious, and it's because of the fucking flabby tits, Jericho. Is MJF <laughs> beats him at sixteen ten? You could have shaved that at least to ten. Maybe I'll give it thirteen, something. You could have taken at least three to five minutes of all these matches with the. And I'll 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 bow to the main event because in my opinion, the main event most of the time should be the one that gets most of the time. Yes. But watching this, like having the buy-in be ten minutes, having Kenny go sixteen twenty-five, I get it, but it's just like. There's a reason well, people the, get the fatigued. The tough part is it's, it's not just the match times. It's everything in between, too. Right. Yeah. It's all, and, and like, I enjoy the pomp and circumstance stuff, but it's just, it's, you know, something's got to give somewhere. So it's tough. You could, and honestly, there's probably, like, that's why you got to, like, there was no reason. Like, I know why Orange Cassidy's on the card. Should have been Cassidy. on the buy in. I don't need, well, it was originally, but they moved it because I believe they put a new woman's match on the buy in. I don't need to see the NWA title defended every single AEW now. Sorry. I know they have a partnership going and whatever, but like, I don't, I don't care. Take that off. They should have kept Cassidy Silver on the buy-in. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not going to argue with you because it's, it's how we both feel. Yeah. So I don't know. They just, there's so much about this show that I was excited about, but uh, it left me going. Eh. It was going to be hard for it to live up. Yeah. So I thought they did a fine job. It was a fine show, but it wasn't anything that I'm going to remember forever. Like you like to say, so. Yep. It's all about the memories. It's all we have folks. So. Thanks for I'll I'll remember Darby Allen winning. That's about it. Specifics about the match, probably not, but that was the moment for me where I was like, this is cool. It's cool for Darby. Besides that, like Moxie Kingston was probably the standout. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, that's how I felt. You know what? If you like AEW or NXT or NXT UK or Impact, you should be going to jobberknocker.com because this podcast long enough without us talking about this stuff every week. So we got all our boys up there doing reports. For all those shows, completely covered. Also coming soon to the Jobberknocker. When PWI uh, gives out their top 100 tag teams from November to November, we're going to have our Jobberknocker top 10 tag teams coming soon. It's going to be awesome. Those are a lot of fun to do. 
My boy TJ puts those together, so shout out to him. I'm curious to see our results. Uh, but this podcast, you should rate us five stars, five flames, on iTunes, on Anchor, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on motherfucking Amazon, and on YouTube. Uh, tell your friends, tell your wives, tell your kids' wives, tell your dogs, tell your cats, tell your lizards. I don't want to leave any animals out, so birds, whatever you got, tell them, have them tell their friends. Spread it around. We appreciate it. Five stars, five flames. Leave us a nice review. It goes a long way. Twitter at Jabberknocker, at Nestlemania, at JC of the JK, at DQ of the JK, at Rare of the JK, at BillyD2411, at Joe Pollock47, at TJ of the JK, at DommyFeds33, at Danny Fab with an N. Don't forget, it's just one N, not two. Uh, so yeah, follow all of us. Facebook Jabberknocker, Instagram Jabberknocker, because Nestlemania, wherever where you want to be on social media, bro. You're goddamn right. Bro. All right, well, we've gone long, so we got to stop this. Uh, we will be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. I'm a survivor. I'm a forgiver. Next week's Survivor Series, so we'll talk about that. Yeah.